Welcome to the Theology in Practice podcast, a podcast that takes theology and applies it to the everyday life. I'm your host, Anthony Kidd, and I want to thank you for joining me in this week's discussion. Welcome back to the Theology in Practice podcast. We are continuing our study in the book of John, and this week we are finishing up John chapter 1 as we look at 135 through 51. The big idea here is John is pointing back to his promise in the gospel. He points to Christ as the one in whom we should believe in order to have life in his name. He uses a story of four disciples to illustrate this point. In this passage, John the Baptist is given as an example for how Christians should respond to the call of Christ. Some commentators show that there is a deeper link between the Genesis account of creation and John's account of the start of Jesus' ministry. After the prologue, the first chapter of John reads in a daily succession of events that happen. Day one is the testimony of John the Baptist. Day two is his declaration that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Day three is a story of Andrew and Simon who would also be known as Peter. Day four is the story of Philip and Nathaniel, and then the story skips three days and goes right into the wedding feast of Cana to begin chapter 2 and day 7. If the Genesis is the account of creation, in some ways this is the account of the recreation. In traditional Judaism, the student would seek out a teacher to follow. Once you had a teacher, you would not change to a different one. Though there is an example of this happening, the large majority of Jesus' disciples recorded in Scripture, Jesus is the one who seeks and calls his followers. Philip receives a direct call in this text from John. The calling of the other disciples is found in the Synoptic Gospels. Each story in this opening chapter of John gives an example for Christians to follow. It begins with John the Baptist pointing his disciples to follow Jesus instead of him, and ends with Nathanael confessing that Christ is the Son of God. Let's look at John the Baptist in verses 35 and 36. Continuing his week-long journey to the start of Jesus' earthly ministry, John the Evangelist follows up the Baptist declaration of Jesus as the Lamb of God. He says that John the Baptist and two of his disciples were standing together when Jesus walked by, and John the Baptist again says, Behold, the Lamb of God. John the Baptist has already confessed that his purpose is to prepare the way for the Messiah. This is how he continues to fulfill his purpose. For a rabbi, having students was how they earned a living. The more students they had, the greater their stature in the religious culture. John the Baptist is with two of his disciples when he points to Christ as the greater rabbi. Thus, the disciples of John the Baptist go and follow Jesus. This is what serves as a foundation for the testimony of John the Baptist. He is willing to give up his own personal gain so that he can point to Christ. Bruce Milne sums up this attitude perfectly when he writes, At a time when public trust in Christian leaders is at an all-time low, the world is in desperate need of preachers who are prepared to mortgage their personal ambitions and popularity out of a consuming concern for Jesus' preeminence and the advance of his cause by whatever human instrument. That's from Bruce Milne, The Message of John. Though preachers and teachers are more in a public position, this truth still applies to all believers. Are we more concerned with assembling crowd or spreading the good news of Jesus? Now let's look at Andrew and Simon Peter in verses 37 through 42. Andrew is the first disciple we read about in this section. We don't know the identity of any of the disciples until verse 40. 
First, we see that the disciples who are with John heard his declaration about Jesus, and they went and followed Jesus. That's in verse 37. Jesus, upon seeing them following him, asked the question, What are you seeking? This is the question that every Christian must ask. This is the question that is loaded with implications for the Christian life. Why are you a Christian? What do you seek from Christianity? What are you expecting being a follower of Jesus? Andrew says that he has found the Messiah. That's in verse 41. The word means to search diligently for something and then rejoice greatly when it is found. This is the same word used in the parable of the pearl of great price in Matthew 13, 44, and the parable of the shepherd who leaves the 99 sheep to find the lost one in Matthew 18, 13. This is the same joy that Andrew has when he is telling his brother, Simon Peter, that he has found the Messiah. This is probably not the first time that Andrew has met Jesus, which explains his willingness to up and follow Jesus. Remember that it was John the Baptist who pointed Andrew to following Christ in verses 36 and 37. If you compare the calling of Andrew and Peter with the account in Mark, there seems to be a discrepancy. However, these two interactions don't have to be the same event. D.A. Carson writes, Indeed, the promptness with which the disciples, according to the synoptic tradition, abandoned their livelihood, whether the fishing business or tax office, in response to Jesus' explicit call, is psychologically and historically more plausible if that was not their first exposure to him or their first demonstration of fealty towards him. At this point in John, however, these fledgling disciples are still at the come and you will see stage, the you shall see greater than that stage. It's from D.A. Carson, The Gospel According to John. In verse 41, it says that Andrew went and found his brother, Simon Peter, and brought him to Jesus as well. Upon meeting Simon, Jesus tells him that he will be changing his name to Peter. In Matthew 16, 18, we get a further insight into what Peter's purpose is when Jesus tells him that he will be foundational to the establishment of the church. Though we don't hear much about Andrew, it is the faithfulness of Andrew that brings Peter to Jesus. Now let's look at Philip and Nathaniel in verses 43 through 51. Next, we read about Philip, the only person in this section that can be said to have a direct call from Jesus in this passage. In the other Gospels, we hear of Jesus calling people from their current way of life into a life of discipleship. The end of John 1 only records the call of Philip. Some believe that Philip's personality is what led to this direct call. Maybe he was shy or unapproachable, but when he encountered Jesus, his path took a serious deviation. After the call from Jesus, Philip goes and finds Nathanael, who was fairly skeptical about Jesus. When he meets Jesus, though, his response changes. After a brief encounter with Jesus, we hear Nathanael confess that Jesus is the Son of God. The encounter with both Philip and Nathanael shows something extraordinary about Jesus and who he is. In the story, Jesus shows a supernatural knowledge of both Philip and Nathanael. Philip is the only one to receive a direct call from Jesus in this passage. It is as if Jesus knew exactly what it would take to get Philip to follow him. He shows the same supernatural knowledge with Nathanael. When he says that he saw him under the fig tree when Philip was calling him, in both the cases of Philip and Nathaniel, we see Jesus' attribute of omniscience. Now, what do these stories teach us as Christians? Number one, they teach us that Christ calls his followers. 
In the case of Philip and the other, as recorded in the Synoptic Gospels, we see Jesus seeking those who would follow him. Later in John, we will see that Jesus says, we do not choose him, but he chose us. That's John 15, 16. Next, we see Christ transforming his followers. In the story of Simon, Jesus renames him Peter and says that he will be the rock on which he builds his kingdom. That's Matthew 16, 18. The final thing is that Christ followers tell others about Christ. In each of these stories, we see that after you have had an encounter with Jesus, the reaction should be to tell others. Both Andrew and Philip go and find someone to tell about Jesus. That should serve as an example for us today to be sharing with those we encounter about the love of Jesus and the promise for those who believe in his name. Romans 10:17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. God can use each of us in our unique situation. He's looking for his followers to look to those around him, point back to Christ, and do as the disciples did and say, come and see, come and see Christ. I want to thank you for joining me for Theology and Practice. Our prayer is that God's word would penetrate into your heart and continue you on your journey of sanctification as you seek to be more like Christ. 